0: Mark, who are we speaking on behalf of? Ourselves. The hostile work environment with Mark and Dennis. Not our employers. Nope, never. Do we ever dispense legal advice? Nope. No, we dispense stupidity. Bullshit. Bullshit.
1: (laughs) Hostile work environment. Exactly.
0: Hey, an appropriate workplace topic hostile work environment
1: Shut up. i'm the human resources director little miss hostile work environment
0: hello and welcome to the hostile work environment with mark and dennis i am dennis and with me is my unindicted co-conspirator mark woohoo How's it going Mark?
1: It's going very well. Very well indeed. It's Friday afternoon. The smoke has finally cleared from the air. I can like see the distant hills. We can you can see across the street. Yeah, with that 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 alone is an improvement. And we're in studio like X. <laughs> yeah. in which is a different conference room at Dennis's office. I I, I it was suggested that we call this 2B. Cuz oh, we don't 2B. really have
0: studio 2 anymore. Okay or stu- studio. studio B studio B2 it was.
1: this is B2 B2 okay and it has to be to not to be to, or not to be yeah. Studio Shakespeare um, and it has just every time I come to this office it just has, Expansive views, kind of looking all around downtown Portland. Yeah, we got like river. a 180 of, of downtown Portland. And and it the is river pretty spectacular, and, and I'm a little distracted. So, if Dennis starts talking and I just kind of fade away, it's just because I'm looking out at the beautiful view. Of As the opposed city that to I all love. the other
0: times when I'm talking and you just fade away.
1: Right. Well, at least today I have an excuse. Usually it's just because you're dull.
0: Well, today I've got something that I know is going to hold your attention.
1: Okay. I can't it, wait,
0: <clears throat> strippers and cheesecake. Ooh. you can't beat strippers and cheesecake in fact that's kind of like cheesecake times two, right
1: <laughs> not going to dignify that
0: so have you ever heard of the spearmint rhino
1: i actually think maybe i have really? it sounds I have... familiar i don't know but it sounds like it's it sounds like it would be like one of those weird strip club and names. it is it's a it's a strip club chain in california
0: i, I have feel never like maybe i've
1: driven by one once or something because that that's not Totally coming out of left field for me. We don't, I'm pretty sure we don't have them up here. I was just, I'm surprised that upon saying that, that, you didn't be like, yeah, like drove by it. You, yeah, I like set that right up for you.
0: You, you did, and I just completely whiffed.
1: Poor, so. poor,
0: poor Anyway, form. the reason I'm bringing up strippers in the Spearmint Rhino is that a group of former strippers who used to work at the Spearmint Rhino have been suing the Spearmint Rhino for wage and hour violations. Ooh. But here's why I think this is interesting and worth talking about. Several reasons. One, strippers. Always good. Two, what do you think the lead-named plaintiff's name is?
1: Well, I'm going to – I mean, you said that this has to do with strippers and cheesecake. But we're not at the cheesecake
0: uh, yet. Just a, at least uh, well, not, not – Okay, that I thought it was going to be
1: cheesecake. some play on cheesecake. No. Which would be an awesome stripper name. <laughs> What play on cheesecake or just cheesecake, just cheesecake or some variation there on Charlie Cheesecake? It actually doesn't do it for me, but I don't know.
0: A real stripper's name, however, is Bambi Bedford, Bambi Bedford, Bambi
1: Bedford. And this is a, this is at a uh Spearmint Rhino where in California they're all over the state, right? No, I was just I was speaking about like her specifically, but are I don't they, know it's just where- like it's just like a I don't know where Bambi used to take the clothes Is it like class action here? Is it? A- this is a
0: class action. Oh, okay. so she, it's across she's all one of the named plaintiffs. It's across all the chains. It is a class action of 8,000 current and former dancers.
1: You know, if there's 8,000 current and former dancers from the Spearman Rhino, that probably means there's a lot of them. And that probably means why it's not coming out of left field for me.
0: Yeah, maybe not. From a naming
1: maybe, standpoint.
0: Maybe that is like the the... The Burger King of strip clubs in California. Maybe it's the In-N-Out Burger of strip clubs
1: in California. In yeah. California. Did you hear there's an In-N-Out coming up here? Where to Salem to Kaiser? The, they're creeping north. They're creeping north because there's already one, there's one in, in Medford. There's one in Medford. This, this is like, well, Dennis doesn't eat burgers anyway. But no, like, I I could care less. I, I'm interested. But they'll also make a grilled
0: cheese, and their fries are good. Fries are okay. Um. So. Strippers are suing, and why? Because they weren't paid overtime or minimum wage, they didn't receive rest and meal breaks, and they had their tips misappropriated.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, why do you think the Spearmint Rhino wouldn't let them have overtime or rest and meal breaks or tips?
1: So they weren't getting tips at all either? Well, the, the, the so whole like tip the thing... like, the dollars on the G-string, were, like, they weren't getting to keep that? They had to go back and put the money they had, down? And,
0: no, 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 They. They got to keep some of their tips. I mean, without tips, what are you doing? But they had to split the tips with the establishment.
1: Right. Okay. So, what do you think was going
0: on here, Mark?
1: Well, I don't know. My first inclination was that they were going to say that, well, you're making more than minimum wage and tips and you're... But they didn't even need to get there. Okay. Spearmint Rhino says they're not employees. They're Oh, they're independent
0: contractors. Bingo. Bingo! If they're,
1: yeah. All right.
0: But so here's the question for you. Do you think strippers are independent contractors
1: or do you think they could be? I think they could be, but I think that I'd have to have a lot of questions answered first because like what? Well, let's, let's sit and think about what are some of the tests for independent contractors versus employees. Right. Right. Do they work for only one employer? Great question. So are they exclusively stripping at the Spearmint Rhino, or do they Do, do they, they freelance at the, the Peppermint Rhino? Right. Do they have their the own business? The Peppermint Hippo. Right, the Peppermint Hippo. <laughs> <laughs> the Wintergreen Koala. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> um, okay, so are they only at the Spearmint Rhino, or are they elsewhere, right? Then I'd want to know... And
0: in this uh, industry, it is very common, I've been told... To work at multiple different establishments, sometimes in the course of one night.
1: Okay. So that would, if that's true, then that would, that would be one factor independent on the side of, of, of independent contractor. Do they have their own business set up, like a business entity? That's a good question. I'm going to take a wild guess. Probably not. Right. I'm guessing not also, um, which would lead me more on the employee side of that question. Right. Right. Do they. I mean, questions I ask in a more general context, right? Like, do they have an email address that's from the. I mean, in this case, I don't think they probably have email. So, probably not. But right, do but they
0: have something like business
1: cards? They have business cards that say Spearmint Rhino on them. Yeah. Or is it like. Or, or is it an individual business card that they give out?
0: Or does the Spearmint Rhino put up posters that say now
1: appearing Bambi Bedford? Yeah, that could go either way for that me. That could go either right, way. Right. Because, I mean, like, you know, any. Any theater that has different acts every week is Very going to have a marquee, marquee and posters up advertising and it can That doesn't so, make them an employee, right? So that doesn't that doesn't get me there. But you know, how much of the relationship is dictated by the spearmint rhino, right? Are they coming to some negotiation and contract around pay, or are they saying here's this is what it is and that's it, right? There's there's a right. whole right. So
0: and my guess, yeah. just because there's eight thousand of them. I'm going to take a wild guess that the Spearmint Rhino did not reach 8,000 separate agreements.
1: Yeah, no, they just – they're saying you're you're like an employee. Yeah. Here's what we pay. Here's the terms
0: and conditions. Do you want them? What's One that you didn't mention that I think is important, whether somebody brings their own tools and equipment to the job. Oh, tools and equipment, right.
1: So So, is it their own G-string? Or is it supplied by the the club? And and here's the thing.
0: That actually gets into some of the detail of the case as to whether or not costumes and accoutrement mm-hmm. were yeah. provided
1: by the club.
0: Because right. if so, that makes it look a whole lot more like employment. I, now, the club's providing certain things like a stage,
1: yeah, a pole. Is inherent.
0: A bouncer. Okay. Um, dancers might be providing their own music. Okay, which does make it look a little more independent contractor. Are the dancers
1: like serving when they're not on stage, or are they only there to perform on stage? My understanding that is that, that they well. are
0: only there to perform on stage.
1: Interesting. Okay, so that would go more towards independent contractor and. One regard right and if they're being told like you can perform on stage but you also have to you serve also have the to rest serve and clean the
0: toilets and do right. all this other jazz yes. and you're yeah so other I'm duties hearing as factors may be that, assigned you're looking like an employee I'm hearing factors that go kind of both ways here it could go both ways spearmint Rhino didn't want to leave it into the hands of a court to find out and so they've settled this thing um the deal is for at least 8.5 million or up to Whoa. 11 million if certain conditions are met. Okay. Here's what I think is interesting. Well, even more
1: interesting. Public settlement even. Okay.
0: So this lawsuit was brought by former strippers, not current strippers. Now, they Hmm. were the named plaintiff and they wanted to represent both current and And former, former, but all the named plaintiffs were former strippers. Oh, interesting. Not everybody wants to be classified as an employee. So there was a class of opt-outs who did not want to be part of the class action and who have intervened in opposition to the settlement because they want to preserve the rights of strippers to to be be independent independent. contractors. Why? They don't want the employer to have any sort of, or the so-called employer, to have any sort of control over them Right. And oh, they want to be able to do things like strip in multiple clubs and set their own hours of work and decide when they're going to go on and off the job and do all the other things that independent contractors typically get to do.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Now oh. on to Cheesecake.
1: Oh. It, I, I forgot. Think. I had forgotten These about the Cheesecake, which are is
0: related. Okay. So, also in California,
1: you've probably heard of a place called the Cheesecake Factory yeah not just in California they're kind I'm of actually all over. I don't think I've ever been to one in California. I've been to many, but I don't think I've ever been to one in California,
0: but they exist in California.
1: I imagine they do they have you ever been to one? I've actually been to one cheesecake factory. they have like like it's like a sixty page menu and that's they, it's just like the cheesecake and it's like book. just the cheesecakes it's ridiculous, yeah.
0: And if you ever, like, you can go
1: online and find out, like, the caloric content. Oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, my God. And and my problem every time I go there is that the f- the food that you get is so plentiful that I eat, like, my dinner and not want to waste it. And then I wouldn't want any dessert because I'm, like, stuck.
0: Right. So nobody ever gets, gets to the cheesecake. cheesecake. You don't get past, like. just
1: for dessert, like, hours after you ate somewhere else.
0: Yeah. So you either go there for dinner or you go there for dessert. Never both just doesn't work. Well, they just got hit for 4.6 million dollars for wage theft. Ooh. Wage theft being a different term for what strippers at the Spearmint Rhino encountered. When you don't get paid your overtime and you don't get breaks and all that jazz. Right. But this is why I find this particularly fascinating. Cheesecake Factory said, "Yeah, we we don't employ The people who come in at night and clean up the restaurants and do our janitorial work.
1: Is it through like a service or something? It's through
0: like a service or something. In fact, they have American Janitorial Services Corp., which in turn hired Magic Touch Commercial Cleaning to come in and do the work on the Cheesecake Factory. You've got like two levels. Yeah, Of subcontractors. Like Cheesecake Factory hires one sub who then subs it out to a second sub. They hire people who actually come in to do the work. Okay. So Cheesecake Factory like, we don't care how that works. We are so far removed it doesn't matter. Normally, in 49 states throughout the United States, I think Cheesecake Factory would probably be halfway safe. But not in the Golden State. They have a law that says businesses cannot avoid employment responsibilities, such as minimum wage and overtime violations, mm-hmm. by farming that out to subcontractors.
1: But, okay. Weird, I mean, huh? Well, but are they actually getting out of that by doing it that way? Who, they're cheesecake in, factor? Yeah, they're not in control of it. I assume that they're paying enough in their contract. Right. And I mean, OK, what if. OK, I actually don't know the facts here, so that's why I'm right. right. But what if their contract says we pay you this flat amount to provide this service yeah. across the state and that's contingent on or a condition of that contract is that you are meeting all employment laws yeah. with your employees? How would they know? They wouldn't. So how can they ever do anything about it? They can't. So how can you hold them liable for that? Because
0: California,
1: because California. It's
0: the golden state. Who else has a bear and a star on their flag, Mark? It's, it's <laughs> communism.
1: I, clearly.
0: Clearly it's communism. <laughs> what happens here is normally, and this is where we get to the little bit about like what our listeners should probably think about before entering into any sort of independent contractor type agreement.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Normally. You enter into one of these agreements with one of these subcontractors that are going to come in and say, do your janitorial service. And it's exactly as you just described. It says... We don't don't care how you do it. We just want our office or our restaurant or our strip club strip club
1: cleaned. And here's the negotiated uh, amount that we're going to pay you. We're going to pay you five thousand dollars a month, which includes complying with law. Right.
0: You're going to comply with all the laws, and you're going to indemnify us in case anybody ever says we're somehow responsible for some crappy thing that you did. And that's all great and fine as long as that subcontractor stays in business. Mm. But what happens when they catch wind that the group of employees that they hired to come in and clean your office are, is going to sue them for wage and hour violations? Well, then they clean out the corporate coffers and they flee to you know Venezuela or Brazil or somebody that doesn't have an extradition treaty. Or they just declare bankruptcy or they do something like that so that the class of employees that have been shorted can't get anything out of them. So then they go after... Then they go after you. As a joint employer Exactly. Yeah. So even though California has this statute that says, "Nah, you can't avoid obligations as an employer just by hiring subs, even in 49 other states as well as under federal law, there's a good chance that you might be found to be a joint employer because... It's not entirely risk-free. It's not entirely risk-free. And if you retain the right to come in and say say, like direct direct the flow of work like hey don't clean this this office right now clean that other one or Or, hey don't don't use that soap use this other soap soap. or yeah come on man do a better better job this place looks like a pigsty that That type type of stuff could actually mean that you qualify as a joint employer and joint employer means you're Equally liable for their wages and benefits so, and overtime so let's, and all that
1: Let's just. say that those employees of the subcontractor are, are doing all of those things. They're not cleaning well or they're cleaning the wrong rooms. Right. They're just, How do you as the employer handle that and reduce your risk of joint employer status? What, what you, you should you do should. is never talk to those people other than to say hello or yeah. good night or be you, pleasant. You go back to the person who's your contact on the contract. Right. And say, like, and say you are not meeting your obligations under the contract. Here's some things we've observed, yeah, which do not meet the standards right. that you promised us. you handle that, and right. you have them talk to the uh individuals who are there to clean bingo and this doesn't just apply to cleaning of any subcontract like this, yeah so
0: back, so back to strippers. strippers, okay so. In this case, there wasn't like a stripper agency that the Spearmint Rhino contracted with. It was a bunch of individuals. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Is there any way that the Spearmint Rhino could have done this differently to protect itself from some sort of class action lawsuit? What are the lessons learned for our non-stripper owner, (laughs) club owner listeners?
1: For starters... You know, if they wanted their their strippers to be independent contractors, they should treat them like independent contractors. They shouldn't be sharing tips and they right like they should say, yeah. we're gonna pay you this amount, and it should be certainly be over a minimum wage and it should be a, a decent pay, because you want to keep them happy and then they're not gonna sue you.
0: Well, until they decide to hang up their G string, and there's no reason not to sue
1: you anymore, like Bambi. Well, but Right. Starting out, if they're happy and they're not pissed at you, they're going to be much less likely to do that. A General
0: truism, yeah.
1: Right. But then you want to meet those, those tests that we walked through Yes. and say, you know, are you making sure that they have their own business card and they're not on your business card? Are you providing their costumes or not providing their costumes? Right. All those things that we went through down the list. See if you can check off as many as you can on the independent contractor side and you're going to be fine. How about issuing
0: them a ten ninety nine instead of a W two? That would help. That, that would certainly would. help.
1: I mean, th- right? But I, I be cl- I want to be clear about that. A lot of employers, right, have have workers who they are deeming to be independent contractors. And the only reason they do that is by giving them a 1099, yeah, thinking that enough. that gets them out of all these other factors. Totally not enough.
0: And if you're wrong and you issue a 1099, not only can they turn around and sue you for, you know, overtime and all that jazz, but the benefits IRS can and the come IRS,
1: in. Yeah. And, and you might be on the hook for benefits going back and forth. Yeah. And you might.
0: What about having an independent contractor agreement in
1: place with individuals? That's great. But it still has to meet those elements.
0: Right. right? It's still you can you can have a
1: contract that says you're on an independent contract. Doesn't matter what you call it, it matters what it is. Right. Right. It matters like does it walk like a duck and talk like a duck, not whether we said it's a duck.
0: I always advise by all means have an independent contractor agreement. Have that independent contractor agreement spell out all the elements of being an independent contractor.
1: Right, and, and, then and then follow those. And to be clear, we talked about that very generically. Um, every state that I'm aware of has a slightly different test. Yes. And slight, some have like a seven-factor test and some have a 10-factor test. The IRS test has and, a 20-factor right, test. And, and you'll look it up and you'll have like four different competing tests that all apply to you. Yes. Depending on who's looking at it. Right. And... That's okay. Like, don't freak out about it. Yeah. It just means. If you
0: Google IRS IRS independent contractor test, you'll see all 20 factors, and that's probably the most comprehensive test. It's a good one to start with. So, if you meet all 20, you probably meet the
1: seven or eight in your state. Right. But it's still worth
0: double checking.
1: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
0: Anyway, enough of strippers and cheesecake.
1: All right. That was a good discussion. Yeah, I'm too full
0: for cheesecake.
1: All right.
0: We'll be right back. So Mark, we've got a little follow up to do from last week's
1: episode. Okay. Starting with
0: acronyms.
1: Okay. From our listener story last week, I need I need to just really put my head in the sand on <laughs> I I just I'm embarrassed that yeah. I did not pick up what this acronym as was you, as you should be, I assume. I had no you, idea. You what wouldn't they were. Have, but so But they weren't directed it, it, the at The acronym media. I that we sat there was GFOP. Right, followed by T M, capital M, little i, capital B. We were like Men in Black, blah yeah, blah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a reference to Men in Blazers, which is like a super popular soccer podcast.
0: Not the porno version of Men in Black.
1: No, okay. Men in Blazers. Men in Blazers. Who are soccer
0: like, podcast?
1: Yeah, I even went. On Father's Day, I saw them perf- I saw them live here record the podcast live in Portland. Wow. Did you um, pay money for that? Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of money. Wow. I mean, not a lot of money, but like it was at the Crystal Ballroom. You know, it was like a Gee. seated show in there. It's like, no, they're big time. They have a TV show. They're like. Oh, wow. They're like the real deal. And GFOP. But see, the thing is, I mostly watch their TV show. I don't listen to their podcast. Oh, but I really have awesome. listened to their podcast and I've had this conversation. GFOP is great friend of the podcast.
0: Oh, now is that a Men in Blazers reference? Yes. Or is that something generic? That's not generic. I... It's something
1: that, as far as I'm aware of, they coined that. And now oh, I think the application okay. getting broader. And so our 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 story submitter said, just refer to me as GFOP, T-M-M-I-B. Great so friend I... of the podcast, trademark Men in Blazers. Gotcha. All right. So that explains a whole lot. I am hanging my head in shame. I received an email from my friend Colleen immediately after listening to it and said you're an idiot also don't you have google what? both of which were like goo both Goal? of which were very valid points so yeah, okay. i'm considering myself schooled for both being stupid and lazy wow
0: we have it we have it on tape ladies and gentlemen stupid and lazy stupid and lazy <laughs> mark just named our episode <laughs> um More follow-up on last week's episode. Last week, we were talking about what do you do when your customer, patient, client, whoever, is some sort of flaming racist, sexist POS that comes in and doesn't want to talk to the female, person of color, Muslim, whoever. that Name the
1: protected class.
0: Name the protected class. And as somebody called out on Twitter, one of the things that we did not mention – is in dealing with that issue, do you go to the employee whose services have been declined because of their protected class and and talk to them about what you're going to do or what they think you should do? And we had a brief discussion about that and came down to that that might not be 100% problem-free.
1: There's positives and negatives, right? Yeah. I think the positives are apparent that it's inclusive and you are – you're working with the employee to try to gauge the situation and their thoughts around it and have it be an engaging experience for for the employee, um, which could win you some points. But then Might be great. But then what happens if you get that feedback and you don't end up doing what they want? Right. They say,
0: no, by all means, and I want like, to go give that crazy racist a – Tetanus shot, right? And
1: what and you happens? Decide, you like, like, no, that's not a good idea, right? And then, what have you done for? Right? I mean, they're like, "Why did you ask me?" Yeah, like and, now and you, I feel totally disrespected, right, and yeah. I'm being discriminated against by a by a customer or patient, and now you're disrespecting me. And
0: you just sided with that crazy racist right. who won't let me give them a tetanus shot,
1: right? Even though you might have a very good reason for doing that, which we talked about at length last it's week, nice. and we're not going to totally. get back into it, but. I could go either way on that. Same here. Okay. But it was a great question and a great observation. I think it's a
0: great question. And I think it's something that you should consider and think through in that circumstance when it arises. Absolutely. I just don't think it's an automatic response. Agreed. Anyway, let's move on to flatulence. Always a good middle segment. So I was recently accused of running a podcast that's just basically fart jokes. What, and by I, whom? I, I
1: took offense. Of, by I, whom? I, I'm
0: not going to call him out, but I took a little bit of offense to that. I was like, "We've
1: had the occasional flagellants reference, Bare, I But I mean, it's, it's rare, and that was like 20 episodes ago. It's a long time. And I remember ago. we had like three episodes in a row where there were like fart stories. Yeah, we we, we did go on a on we, a run of farts. <laughs> yes, but. I don't think we've done we that for a long hardly time. Hardly a fart joke
0: podcast. Like not even close. Not even close. Except for today, where we are. We a are fart totally joke. a fart joke podcast. Totally today. a fart joke podcast.
1: You know who I'm referring to, Mark? I knew. I know the story. I saw about this. It's been over Twitter this morning and seems to be making the rounds a little bit. It's but, been all over. I was hoping we, to keep it secret and surprise right. you with this. Oh, really? Okay. I
0: thought I was going to be able to scoop the world, but no.
1: Gone no, viral, but we're still going to talk about it. Still
0: going to talk about it. We are talking about none other than Paul Flart, hospital cop.
1: Awesome. Not his real name.
0: Not his real name. His real name's Doug. Doug.
1: I remember Doug.
0: We don't know his last name. He's keeping that to himself. No, he, it's, it's Doug Flart. <laughs> I really don't think it's Doug Flart, but who knows? So here's the story. Yeah. He's
1: a security guard at a hospital in what state, Mark? Oh, I don't think I noticed, but I'm going to just go out on a limb and say California, Florida. Second guess is always the best. Okay.
0: A Florida hospital security guard. Of course it's Florida. Who spent six months logging by video and, of course, audio each one of his episodes of flatulence at work. He then put it all together into a minute and 46 second long YouTube video.
1: Like a compilation.
0: A compilation tape of farting that he then posted on said YouTube, which became huge. It took off. (laughs) It made the rounds. He (laughs) He also has an Instagram account known as The Fart Authority. Nice. Yeah. And he became a minor internet celebrity. Um what a guy. He very quickly reached three hundred and seventy-four thousand views on YouTube.
1: Which I mean, can't we get that for the
0: podcast? We should I know. Just start farting
1: look, in the microphone. Maybe, look, maybe then we'll get like that many people to listen to us. Let's give it a try. <laughs> Um. No, I mean this guy's like kicking our butts. You get to tell everybody at your firm don't go into uh, Studio B two for a while. <laughs>
0: oh God! So, unlike many of our stories that have just happy, wonderful endings, <laughs> the the story of Paul Flart does not. Um, he's he pretty happy. I'm just gonna say I I think I think anyway, well. The video, and you gotta watch it. We'll we'll post a link somewhere, but the video is precious.
1: He recorded his termination discussion. He did? But you didn't see that? I that's I part did of not all the articles. See oh, dude. You came half prepared for this. I came half prepared. I so he, This is an update of which I am not aware. Oh my gosh. Okay. So he got gets fired. Yeah. And he recorded The conversation where he got fired out in the parking lot. And it's one of the most awkward and wonderful two minutes and 45 seconds that I've ever seen. Wow. Where they're like, stop recording. You're on our property. Stop recording. He's like, "Okay, okay," And then he doesn't. And like they see like he's like and then keeps talking to the camera. And like they try to like go through the painful conversation around like we became aware that you did this and like put it up on YouTube like 75 times and blah, 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 blah. And, and it's like, you know, I actually thought that the, the, I don't know if it's an HR person or whoever from the company managed it pretty well. Yeah. Given that. Right. But he's sitting there, Paul, Mr. Flart. Yeah. Sitting there, like, just kind of like, kind of like. Okay with it all, and he's like, "Yeah, that I understand." He's like, "Well, but I, you know, I never like let let it be seen like who I worked for." And well, except you can see the logo of a right. hospital right. on the wall behind him as right. he's. So they were having a little bit of a back and forth, blasters. and they're both being like, they're doing that like, which is totally appropriate in some ways, like total passive aggressive, like we disagree, but we're not going to fight. Right. Over the course of this conversation. So they're both kind of trying to be like cool to each other while they're both trying to still say what they want to say. And like the guy saying this is totally unacceptable and him saying like, yeah, you're making a big deal out of nothing. Wow. And in the end. I'll have to check that out. Uh, I got to admit,
0: I saw this first thing this morning. Okay. I watched the fart video. Right. I didn't even make it to the end because I no, was, I, I was pretty much
1: in pain. A, about 15 seconds of it. And then I had to stop. it it, it, it was too much. And I thought that's where the story ended. No, 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 no. Oh my God. God. Uh, Yeah. So, Uh. and, and and at the end he, he's like, well folks, like the guy's like, you're on our property. Stop recording. Yeah. And he's like, he's just total Paul just totally ignores him. And he's like, well folks, like I just got fired. That's kind of the end of it here. There will be more. And he looks like in the camera, he's like, there will be more something along those lines at the end. Like we'll be back. Like, don't you worry about it. And, uh, he seemed pretty nonplussed by the whole thing. Good for him.
0: Well, uh, as I understand it, he has a Patreon campaign going on.
1: I'm sure he I'm going to
0: take a wild guess that he's making more money than we are. Probably. He's introducing Paul Flart merchandise. He's got friends who are going to help him do music videos to take his stardom to the next level.
1: So I'm wondering if he's made more or less than the uh, Michael Cohen Truth Fund. Did you see that? I did not see the Michael Cohen Truth
0: Fund. What is okay, that? Okay, so as
1: we record this, right, it's the big week where Michael Cohen pled guilty to all those, right? So yeah, they set up a like GoFundMe account to help him tell the truth. <laughs> Basically the truth. i telling the truth is expensive and oh, he's got no. legal fees and it's costing him a lot of money. And, and I'm like, but right. Like he has all this tax evasion. Like it is like supposed to help pay for the tax. So last I saw there, they had a half million dollar goal and they were like, they were like 150,000 or something. Wow. But, but if you go through it and look kind of like a lot of the contributions are from like $10 from Vladimir Putin, <laughs> like, <laughs> IP freely. Well, right. And like huge ass, yeah. but mostly like, you know, political. Ivana figures. Tinkle. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I you can tell Melania. I the Simpsons. Yeah.
0: Right. Um, if you're thinking about giving Michael Cohen freedom fund, your hard earned dollars, I highly recommend that you reverse course and go to patreoncom slash HWE and put it to a much worthier cause. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or Agreed. if you're gonna give money to Paul Flart,
1: you know our least, worthy our worthy cause comes
0: with extra episodes just for yeah. You. You're not gonna get extra farting just because you give money to Paul well, Flart. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, again, I'm also like you know you heard one fart, you heard them all. Actually, no, that's not actually true. But they're, like, they're they're, probably, there's a wide variety on Paul Flart's But at Flart's some point, video. you probably max out on that. You, you, I do. I do. A, Let me speak I, for myself. I reached a saturation point. Yeah, it didn't take long. No. And we have lots of people who told us they haven't been saturated by us yet.
0: (sighs) I can't understand it, but no. Anyway, we'll be right back with a listener-submitted story. I understand it's a good one. Cool. It's time for that part of the hostile work environment that we call story time with Uncle Mark. Mark, please tell us a story. I have a story. Oh, I knew you would. Our story today is from Corey in Kansas. Corey in Kansas. And not a fake name at all. Not at all. Mm -mm. Not like Mary from Maryland or...
1: (laughs) Flory from Florida. Florida. Uh, (laughs) Ori from Oregon. (laughs) Sorry. We're done. Yeah. Um story. One of my first jobs out of school was at an organization where we worked 12-hour days, and as a new employee, we did on-the-job training with an assigned coach. My coach, Jay, was a complete a-hole who (laughs) thought he was God's gift to the profession and treated the new people like crap. He'd make fun of us and make us do things that were not necessarily in the training book, but nothing we could really complain about if we wanted to make it out of training and be able to work on our own without a coach and on other shifts. I made it out of training and due to the schedule I chose, never really saw much of Jay again. I left that organization about a year later and I heard he took another job a few years after that.
0: Hmm.
1: Fast forward about 10, 12 years and I had uh, since finished grad school and made a career change into the world of HR. Big mistake. <sighs> Kiss a death. Uh, kiss a death. Uh, one day, one of the division managers comes into my office, closes the door, and says, I have a bit of a situation that I need to share with you. Uh-oh. As the HR director, you get used to this uh, from some managers. But this particular one seldom gets excited about anything and typically did a good job of handling things himself. Uh, and I just totally went off the email here that I'm reading off of. So give me one second to find mm-hmm. my space again. It's cool. We'll edit it out. Uh, um, Not to mention, uh, if he did need advice, it was almost always over the phone and very rarely involved driving to my office as our HQ was off site from the rest of the buildings. Being immediately intrigued, I gave my full attention to a stack of papers he had concealed in an envelope. He began to show me uh, printed screenshots of text messages from one of his employees informing him of a situation. Uh Uh-oh. He then pulls out a photo and with no warning places it on my desk. It's Jay in his full glory. Like? Like. Bare ass naked? Unclad. Whoa. Well, I was aware that Jay worked there. I had not yet encountered him or really thought much of it because we were such a big place. Well, Jay apparently had posted the pictures on a hookup app. And in a matter of which I am still unsure, a manner of which I am still unsure, a coworker stumbled across it and immediately told her supervisor. Man. A little exploration found he had several pictures and ads for hookup requests. While most of the pictures were not overly offensive, other than being naked, which was not attractive, one photo involved material that identified Jay and our company, a clear violation nice. of policy. So I got the pleasure of calling Jay into the office with our staff attorney and asking him if this was indeed him. He looked through the photos, smiled, and confirmed that they were him and asked me if I was going to fire him. <laughs> now, not
0: do you want to go out on the date. This
1: doesn't really feel – the next sentence doesn't feel totally consistent with the fact that he smiled. But then our, our submitter um, observes, you could tell he was extremely uncomfortable with me being in this position.
0: It was a nervous smile.
1: And maybe it was a nervous smile. I told him that it was up to him. But one way or another, he was not going to be an employee of ours by the end of that day. He asked if he could call his wife. Yes, he was married.
0: All the pain.
1: And we gave him a few minutes to do that. Jay. He came back in about fifteen minutes. Uh, came back in about fifteen minutes later and agreed to resign. But asked if we would pay out his vacation time. We typically did that anyway. Still, so we agreed, and that was that. I'm not sure if karma got him for being an a hole all those years ago, uh, or if he got the last laugh, as I still have those pictures burned into my into my memory.
0: Oh, there's a certain amount of schadenfreude that goes with an a-hole flaming out like that.
1: Right. But fair point that he still has to live with the memory of the photos.
0: Wonder what he told his wife.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I had a case. Probably not being super honest about it. I, I got had fired.
0: A, I had a case where a man who was married to a co-worker was busted surfing porn On the night shift. We fired him for that. He went home and told his wife he was fired for something false and completely unrelated. And then his wife came back to work and started spreading all around the workplace. The false reason for which he got (laughs) fired. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, and it was one of those moments where we went beyond our usual protocol of not saying why somebody was fired. Right. Because we had to put an end to the rumor. And that that did so quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine so. Yeah. Anyway, that was a good story. Appreciate it. If you've got stories, whether they involve naked photos or not, send them to stories at hwepodcast.com. That's right.
1: Um, you know. We always talk about Twitter. Right. And we know not all of you follow us on Twitter. Right. But we did reach a Twitter milestone. Yeah. 500. 500 followers. The Twitter, the Twitter, our, the the Dennis's HWE Twitter account has now passed my personal one. Woohoo. Um, But, you know, it could be better. Yeah, we could do better.
0: Yeah. So look for us at HWE podcast.
1: Yeah. Follow us on Facebook. Yep. And uh, oh, I never mentioned. I thought it was. I don't think I ever mentioned <gasps> we we passed fifty thousand downloads. That's right. Last week we did. We actually are over fifty two thousand as of today. Wow. Um, but uh, about that's exponential ten growth. days ago we passed fifty thousand in uh, just about nine months. Woo hoo! So th- it's thank not you. Paul like, Flart kind of numbers, but it's not too shabby. Not too shabby for like starting from nothing <laughs> and having a kind of nerdy. Yeah. Funny, nerdy. And I hope, think funny, nerdy. Hopefully. At least like nerdy. Employment law, HR podcast, yeah. right? So. With
0: very little fart humor. Sometimes. Yeah. So thank you to all 50,000 of you who have downloaded.
1: Yeah. We appreciate it. Very much so.
0: Anything else for the good of the order?
1: No, let's record another episode.
0: Let's do that. Take it easy, folks. We'll see you in a week. Bye. Stay out of trouble. Just give me 24 hours to come up with a brilliant idea to save our town. Just 24 hours. That's all I ask. No! You do it for Randolph Scott. Randolph Scott!
1: Randolph Scott! All right, Sheriff.
0: 24 hours.